Welcome to the Polygon Show, the best hour of your week where people talk about video games and beverages, possibly, though not today, and right now, about kissing. I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Allegra Frank. Hello. Who looks so excited to talk about kissing. Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Ashley O. Hi. Yay. First order of business, I guess. Thank you so much. To everyone who came out to FlameCon, which is where we were last weekend. How overwhelming was that, guys? It was a lot. It was it was fantastic and wonderful, but I did very much go to sleep right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a point, like, we all tried to go on the show floor right after, and it was so busy. Not because of, like, us, just because it was around 2 p.m., first day of FlameCon, um, everyone was buying stuff, and we all immediately got separated from each other, despite the fact that we had gone onto the floor in pairs. Like, at one point, I, I found Chelsea, and I was like, thank God, Chelsea, she's with Ashley. And then I found Chelsea and saw Ashley, like, walking away through the crowd, and I was like, I'll find her again in a second. And she was, it was too late. I never, it, it, it took me a very long time to find everyone again. Um, and then at some point, we all decided to do our shopping separately, and disappeared from disappeared. my life <laughs> but our panel was a success and we were all we didn't lose each other when we were sitting next to each other that's true it was really good it was really good i had a fun time and um by the time this episode is out uh you will have heard that episode probably as a bonus episode our flamecon panel which was very extremely fun uh but today on the polygon show we are going to talk about romance Romance in video games, whether with other people that you met through games, or maybe romance with characters that you've met through games, or maybe a romance in the in the sense that you are a romantic like me and at least one person who emailed in. But I will start with an extremely important follow up to Allegra's Gaia Online <laughs> oh, story. No. Oh, good. Cursed. Already. Can you recap that story for us, Allegra, in like 20 seconds? So my friend from middle school, who we will call Deborah, that is not her real name, um, she accidentally left her Gaia Online account, logged into my desktop computer, and I just so happened to scroll through her messages and found out that she had been cybersexing someone on Gaia Online, and I learned a lot of explicit positions and phrases. That's how Allegra learned about sex. Did has does are you still friends with Debril? No. No, no. <laughs> so no, no chance she's like listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I thought mean, her don't... name is Debril, but <laughs> that's what we decided. <laughs> well, this email is from Miranda, who is not Debril. Allegra's Gaia online story was super relatable because I had a lot of similarly awkward Gaia chat experiences. I had several side accounts on Gaia that I would use to try and get out of awkward situations. Once, after being asked several times, I agreed to be someone's online GF. We had a brief chat to seal the deal, promised to be faithful, and I said I had to go do my homework the moment he started asking me to cyber him. <laughs> same. Same. I then logged into a side account and visited the same locations so that I could keep playing without being asked to quote-unquote have sex over and over as a side note, there are only two actions avatars can make in the overworld, sitting and standing. Yep. To quote-unquote cyber, people would just stand in front of each other and toggle the sit-stand keys back and forth while typing grunts and groans into the space <laughs> level boxes. Yep. yep. It was awkward. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so obviously. I mean, she kind of hinted at, oh, wait, somebody else was talking about sitting and standing. 
Who me. was it? It was Ashley. Ashley but that was for dancing, not for sex. Yeah. That was well, just the thing was when you mentioned dancing. that when Ashley mentioned that as dancing, I immediately did think of Gaia because oh, no. like you start out just the underwear mm-hmm. and you probably should buy clothes but a lot of the people who would go into this overworld would just go in like naked with underwear and then people just come up behind you and do the sitting and standing or like in front of you this is a game for tweens was there a designated sex spot where everyone came to cyber i think it was called every single part of the game (laughs) so there was no like one like fountain that was like the cyber sex fountain that everyone congregated (laughs) around I think there was like a forest where a lot of people would go Mm. but other than the opening like I think it starts on like a train station or something other than that pretty much everywhere well this is what happened to Miranda uh, when they went back in with their, their alt account the person who was their online BF immediately started asking my other account if I wanted to cyber I made a big deal about how my friend had just told me all about her new online BF and that she was so happy about it she would be so heartbroken when she heard about this, etc. I said I would tell on him unless he sent me this very emo demonic scarf item that I'm sure was worth a lot of gold at the time. (laughs) I sent the scarf to my main account and never logged into those two side accounts again. So this, uh, Miranda sent this story to me as the story of how they accidentally catfished someone (laughs) in Gaia Online. Uh, Thank you so much, Miranda, for this wonderful story about uh, how you betrayed uh, your, well, your shitty online BF. God, this kind of reminded me uh, when I was reading it about all the weird, intense relationships that you can make with people mm-hmm. online, which clearly did not happen in this case. I don't think, Miranda, correct me if I'm wrong. You did not have a, an emotional attachment to your online BF. But I feel like every time I was either creeping on or participating in a, a role-playing game like on Live Journal, there would always be some kind of relationship drama that would crop up between the members of the RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, inc- I, I, I have been a person who has had those like weirdly intense online crushes on people in RPGs, whether that comes from like being their friend or having our characters interact with each other. But I was definitely like witness to like a quote unquote love triangle. So you had a crush on a, a real life person, them or the character they were playing? I think them. Yeah. In, in whatever sense that I have crushes. Yeah. Because like we would have to be talking every day because our characters were playing together. So we got to know each other really well. And then, of course, on the other hand, because it was a live journal RPG our characters were interacting and sometimes also having sex because <laughs> that's what you do in live journal RPGs when you are a teenager. Um, so that's something you know about me now. Although, I mean, I my character was a big slut, so he was boning down with everyone. Mm. So, <laughs> I don't know. It, anyone else have any weird online crushes that they are willing and open to talk about or any experiences with those intense online relationships that grow and fizzle so quickly. I had a City of Heroes since we were talking about <gasps> it last week. I had a City of Heroes buddy <laughs> that I played really? a, pl- a lot with. Like, I also met him dancing under the statue, and we played a lot of games, and he was like, oh, I'm higher level. Uh, and, like, because in that game you could, uh, like, 
boost the lower level character to your level mm-hmm. and like run them through oh, yeah. sidekicking. Yeah, I think. So yeah, we would play together and it was fine. And then in normal and he was like, suddenly would like stopped calling me by my in-game name and started calling me by my real name. And I was like, yeah, I had a boyfriend at the time. I was, <laughs> did that guy know? Did, did your friend yes. know? Yeah, he, he knew. <laughs> I don't. I think it, it never got anywhere super serious, but he definitely had feelings, which he had cop to. But I was like, uh, I think we should keep it to City of Heroes. So you didn't reciprocate the feelings. No, I hadn't. I had fun playing with him, but I didn't. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of the people that I was in role playing games with, uh, like, did have significant others in real life who usually did know about the role playing, and it just wasn't an issue. And now I need to think really hard about my past. Did know about the role playing and it wasn't an issue or didn't? Did. Oh. Yeah, I, I actually flew out to Atlanta to meet some of these people, um, not to like bone down with them, but. Where did this phrase were... come from, bone down? I don't know. Is this new? <laughs> no, I say this all the time. This is a, a Simone catchphrase. Bone down. Bone down. <laughs> Meaning bone, tusk, hard animal tissue forming the substance of the skeleton. Okay, no, that's the wrong <laughs> Come one. on, it's Bone not... down to engage in sexual, in intense, intense sexual activity. You know. Which includes, but is not limited to getting effed in every <laughs> position. Wow. Effed tossed so like multiple times in one sitting. Apparently. Boning up is the lighter version of sex? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I say that all the time. I'm going to go bone up on my... No. On your what? No. <laughs> on my boners, apparently. Bone up on my knowledge of RPGs. Yes, that's right. Anyway, I've on revealed vi- enough of my shameful past. <laughs> Here is another email. Uh, this one is from Ro. My partner is on the aromantic spectrum, and I might be too. Emotions are hard anyway, but our story is really cute. So here it is. We met online on Tumblr sometime in the early 20-teens, bonded over mutual fandoms and the fact that we were both from Wisconsin. Then it turns out that she did forensics, speech and debate, and competed against all of my friends who also do forensics. Cue an adorable gift exchange through my friends at forensics meets and non-stop texting for approximately five years of long-distance friendship. During that time, I realized, A, I'm gay, and B, I'm gay for her! Panic ensued because I didn't think she was gay and she knew, and I knew she was A-spec, parentheses on the asexual and aromantic spectrums, but I eventually confessed my feelings. Surprise! She liked me too. We cobbled together a relationship that felt good for us, made plans to finally live in the same city when we're done with college, and tried to explain to our parents what a queer platonic partnership is. Cut to now, where we live in a gorgeous brownstone apartment with our two cats and two bedrooms. Because being in a relationship doesn't mean you don't need your own space. Orange heart. Love you. Platonically. Polygon show. XOXO. Row. We're going to just skip right to the part where y'all have a gorgeous brownstone. Brownstone. Mm -hmm. With two bedrooms. Two cats. Two bedrooms. That's the ideal. I can't believe it. Oh, sleeping sucks. What do they do for this a is like living? The best relationship I've ever heard of. Yeah. And now I feel very discouraged. Ro, you need to explain. Well, okay, look, we know that the girlfriend did speech and debate in high school. So this is clearly an overachiever. I think that the, this is a person who has their shit together. I mean, they have two cats. They have two cats. Two cats, like, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Like one cat is quite enough. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. cats is like you're in it for the long haul. The cats are friends with each other. Yeah, the cats could be friends. Sometimes you don't want one cat to be lonely. 
Yeah. yeah, but do you know how much money and management that is of getting another cat? <laughs> you do have to technically have two litter boxes. Not yeah. only do you have a brownstone, you have two cats? Mm-hmm. Two cats. Two litter boxes? Two, four bowls of food and water. You have places where two animals can poop. I mean. That's very fancy. I can't imagine that. <laughs> Three, if you count the toilet. Anyway, <laughs> the point is Ooh. that I wanted to talk about this because obviously I'm aromantic, and the way that I get crushes such as they are is weird and like spaced out over years and bizarre and incomprehensible. But I love romance and games, and I love um, just yeah. It's one of my favorite aspects of games, and of course, writing is building fictional relationships is and it, yeah go on does it feel like because there's disconnect in the game does that like why you like it more because it just feels disconnected from you i think it is as long as it's not like a character that is me like i i think i brought up when i accidentally i was playing oh god that space game that i didn't like to- alone with you and I accidentally named the main character. Accidentally, I named purposefully the name ca- the main character Simone. And then I realized that that meant that my character Simone would be like flirting with these NPCs who were like experiencing emotional bonds with me and really enjoyed having me around and missed me so much when I was gone. And I was like, oh god! But I, I hated thought, it. I thought you loved NPCs though. But I like to watch them fuck each other. Oh, that's fair. So you don't want... What if the yeah. character is, like, n- named something else, but you're still controlling it? That's great. That's fine. That's perfect. Like, cool. if you in Alone with you, if you started a file and named your character Debril, would you feel more comfortable? <laughs> like, flirting and cybering with everyone? Yes. Of course, then there's the added ethical conundrum of, is that real person slash if I'm playing as Debril, who is Allegra's real-life friend. But it's not in a way because her name's not Debril. In my mind, Debril is far more out of control than she seems, but I don't think it's possible because Allegra told me about Debril. She's very out of control. <laughs> we all know a little more about Debril than we want <laughs> Yeah, there is something about the disconnect, and there's something I think about maybe orchestra or imagining scenarios i guess where different personalities clash or complement each other in exactly the right way and that's kind of why like i love lewis from assassin's creed syndicate because there's just enough seeds of a character in there and of a backstory to create something very compelling out of his five lines of dialogue etc um so it, it kind of becomes more a, of an imagination, like a, an imagination story building exercise. And that's really appealing to me. But I don't have a very, and I know that not every aromantic person likes reading romance novels. I'm, I'm pretty sure like the majority are like, that's boring and I'm not interested in that. And I don't understand these emotions. And I certainly don't understand them in the context of myself. They don't make sense to me. But romance and games and yeah. stories is like yes hmm. those are my thoughts those are anyway. good thoughts I learned a lot and that's why I like playing romance games even though I have no interest in that in my own life hmm. this question is from Eve or this Eve Eve mail Eve mail <laughs> Hi Polygon Show I love your show and it always makes a Friday so much brighter 
Anyways, I love. I also love romance, and dating sims are my favorite. And I have the uncanny ability to always tell which route slash boy slash girl will be my favorite. But that's not why I wanted to message. I just wanted another place to shout my love. I accidentally opened my dictionary. Shout my love <laughs> for Nishiki Yama Akira, the best Yakuza boy. I love them all, but I love him most. And I wish he was romanceable. Not as Kiryu, as myself. I want to romance that boy, and especially in Kiwami era, and stop him from making bad decisions, and also, like, raise his self-esteem in a healthy way. There may or may not be a collage in the shape of a heart on my wall made of pictures of him. I guess we'll see if I attach a photo or, or of that or not to this email. Thank you all for making such a wonderful show. Looking forward to this ep because I definitely approach all genres of games as if they're romances. Because any game can be if you try hard enough. I agree, Eve. And Eve did, indeed, attach a photo <laughs> to this email and... Eve does indeed have a collage stuck to the wall of photos of what is, according to Ashley, a very obscure character from the Yakuza oh, series. He, I mean, he's not obscure. I mean, he's in two games, you know, and he's like the main focus in Kiwami. And he was like, there is a really? supporting character in Zero. Um, it's just like, I, I can see that. Because he was a very good-hearted boy, and he went down the wrong-ass path. Mm -hmm. It was bad. He didn't have anyone around, and I think he just went a little nuts. If he was just showered with love, I agree with Eve. I think he he could have been turned around. Um, but, you know, I, I do think it kind of would have been nice if Kiryu could romance him. Just because I do have a screenshot I took on my PS4 when playing Zero. You get into this, like, street brawl and Nishiki is there as your buddy. And he's like, oh my god, like, you're in a sticky situation. You gotta fight everybody. And then they both simultaneously take their shirts off. <laughs> they just rip them off and then they stand back to back and, th and then Nishiki says, oh my god, I forgot how good it feels to be around you. And I was like, ah! You're both so powerful together. Like your energy together is like radiating. And I was like, why can't you just date him? Are they fighting like as friends? Yeah, like, they're okay. fighting. Well, in Kiwami, you he you're not fighting as friends. Um, you know how friends take their shirts off and, and it fight was each very other? Top Gun. You know they're yeah. both sweaty and ripped, and they're like, oh, this feels so good. I'm around you, and we're doing stuff that's not <laughs> sexual, but like it could be because of our testosterone. But it's so physical that it might be sexual at any moment. I mean, I feel uh, maybe they had sexual feelings when they were beating guys up, and then I don't know. Maybe it could have just gone somewhere after. Was it a fist fight? Yeah. So they were fisting down. They were gonna fist this down is, together. You can't make this happen. They, that's that's Isn't, what they call it. It's, did, wasn't the definition like violently sexual? So is uh, intensely this, passionately? Yeah, not sexual violent. activity. Intensely like, reads as violent. Like well, I, that's up to you and your personal life. So, do, how do you feel about this NPC? Would you date him? I think he's a good boy. I think he has a good heart. And I appreciate that someone appreciates him for who he is. Our question, I think, was where did Eve find all those photos? Oh, so, yeah, I was looking at them. And this is very impressive. Like, Eve must have gone through every single cutscene that he was ever in. She's assembled 
quite a collage. It was very. It was, it, it was good. A big, it was a big collage, no, y'all. It was really <laughs> impressive. It was like the many faces of Nishikiyama, and you're like, wow, this is good job. Actually, really good. Beauty and grace. So, Ashley, I wanted to talk to you about what your type of NPC is because it, it seems from this like Eve has has a type, which is this this poor side character who just got the short end of the stick in life. And from your, I know that you have a lot of feelings about NPCs from everything you've said about Majima. So tell us about <laughs> what you see it, or look for in NPCs. I think it's not uh, about what I'm actively looking for. It's more that actually a conversation with you a couple months ago led me to realize that I do have a video game type, at least for men, which is for men, they are all in some way like slightly unhinged. And I believe uh, this was before I discovered how much I love Majima and this just reinforces it. But at the time when I was talking to you, Simone, I believe I used the phrase loud, blonde, and stupid Yeah, was my thing. Oh, so Ryuji. So Ryuji and um, my first loud, blonde, stupid boy crush was Zell from Final Fantasy VIII. This, this only reaffirms that you have to play Persona 4. Who, oh, yeah, I really do. Oh, gosh, yeah. Is there a Gotta la- meet Kanji. Is there Kanji. a loud, Kanji dumb, is blonde probably man? actually like one of my favorite characters Excellent. ever. Kanji is very loud. Um, but yeah. Zell is actually, looking back, Zell has a lot of the mannerisms of Mac from It's Always Sunny. They're always just sort of like shadow boxing and like really loud and like try to be this like hyper masculine tough guy, but you're like, you're just kind of a big dumb sweetie though. Um, Is his last name Dinked? Dinched. Dinched. Yeah, he has a face tattoo. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, this is the character. Spiky blonde hair. He's in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, right? But Don't you, E? That's not, I mean, he is, but that's not. Come on, he's man. From. <laughs> he's from. But he's also or- there. Zell, originally from Kingdom Hearts 2. <gasps> Kingdom Hearts 2 character Zell. Zell. Yeah, they had like Squall in there too. They're like, Squall from Kingdom Hearts. Shut the Listen, fuck up. Listen, for a lot of people, Kingdom Hearts is their first introduction. This is Cypher. Oh, what is he wearing? Is Cypher Zell? No, 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 no. Cypher is like this big bully, and he always picks on Zell, and Zell gets really angry. Oh. He always calls Zell a chicken shit. Well. <laughs> um, but Zell is really nice. I like to, and you know, Final Fantasy VIII is like very, very, I mean, I know all of them have like intense romances, but I feel like aside from almost 10, like eight is the most romance-centric Final Fantasy, which is like ironic that I like it because like I don't really mm-hmm. care about that that much. Um, and you know, it's very much like Squall and Renoa, Squall and Renoa. That's the big couple there, right? And like the side characters sort of have romances, um, but I never agreed with them. I was a defiant like eleven year old, <laughs> just like no. And I wanted Zell to be with Selfie. She's another like side character you get in your party. And I wanted them to be together because they had like similar levels of energy. Like, but then, you know, maybe, maybe that wouldn't be a good pairing. But at the time, I was like, she's always yelling about like blowing shit up with like rockets and is, is always like, woohoo! And like going around doing shit. And he's always just like, yeah, let's go beat him up. Let's get it on. And I'm like, I want you two to get it on. Why didn't they get it on? Because you got this other NPC, Irvine, this cowboy man, this sharpshooter. I remember reading. And he like selfie and um oh 
you know, then they all kind of remember that uh, they all were at the same orphanage together, and they're like, "Why well, don't we remember?" Oh, come on! Uh, I don't. Just I'm not even. At the same orphanage together doesn't mean anything. I'm not even gonna get into the story because I get fucked up. But the um, so he ends up really liking her, and she actually is really uncomfortable in the beginning. She's like really uncomfortable with romantic feelings, and like anytime he's sort of like mm-hmm. complimenting her, she, it's not that she's like, "Oh, wow, thank you," and like runs away. She's like. She gets physically uncomfortable. She's like, ah, bye. And so I thought that either she was just going to remain single. And I didn't like that he kind of was a little creepy and then that she ended up together with him. Mm. And I was like, are you only with him because he likes you? Because that's a bad reason. Mm -hmm. I think you should be with Zell. But then Zell, at the very end of FF8, you see this cinematic. Everyone's like, oh, oh Squill and Rune Renoa are on the balcony and they're making out. It's yeah, romantic. Man, man, and they man. go back to Zell and he's in the cafeteria. <gasps> he finally has the hot dogs he wanted. Finally, after the whole <laughs> game, after four discs of missing the hot dogs from the cafeteria, he gets them and he's eating them so fast and he begins to choke on them. And then, like, I think Selfie notices and, like, hits him on the back really hard and he, like, spits it out and he gets really embarrassed. But there's this, like, girl in the library, if you go around sometimes in the library area in the beginning of the game, she's always talking about how she has the biggest crush on Zell. She's Mm. like, he's so great. He loves how he eats so many hot dogs. And it's just, like, really weird. And I think they imply that he gets together with that girl. But I was like, I just want short change. He does. And I don't like that they just... I don't like when they assign romances. For, I know it was just at the time. It was 1999. So it wasn't like a wonderful Bioware game where you have a thousand romance options. Mm-hmm. This is like sort of what you got. Do you get any? You said you earlier you don't really, you're not really into romance in games. Do you get anything out of those like Bioware games where you get to romance people? I actually have never finished a Bioware game. It's going to come to a horrible shock to some of our listeners who love Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age Inquisition was the first game I bought when I got a PS4. I had never played a Dragon Age game. And honestly, they don't really do a good job of explaining it. So I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And I was so confused and so upset that I never played it again. Mm. That's fair. But I, Persona, romances, they're romances. Oh, but I guess you're playing a character. Yeah, because Ryuji, once again, you can't romance him. You can only romance the female characters. And I'm oh, like, I see. You, wanted you Ryuji. and this is another thing. <laughs> you work out with Ryuji. Like, you go to the gym together. And I'm like, look. Oh, yeah. And you help him through all his tough shit. Yes. And then at the end, when you, like, max out your uh, your rank with him, he, like, says to you, like, in the ramen shop, oh, bless him. He loves ramen so much. He says, like, I don't know. Like, what he said sounded, like, very romantic to me. Like, mm-hmm. he couldn't have done this without him. He couldn't imagine this life without him. And he's really... I just was, like, I really thought that he was going to confess his love, like, the next line. And mm-hmm. then he didn't. And I was really ah. upset. I was, like, why can't you just love let me. him date? <laughs> let them date! I feel like you. The, your other common point between the characters is that they love eating. Oh my god! Well, Majima, not really. He just is like kind of crazy, though. Yeah, which I like. But he's also driven by impulse, which seems like a lot of the characters. That he's you also like. driven by you, which means that he eats all the time. I bet he does. Yeah, he does. He likes veggies mm. and he likes tofu and soba. Mm-hmm. Good boy. Chelsea. Yeah. Actually, Ashley, did you want to talk about ladies? Oh, yes. With ladies, 
It's definitely a, a, a theme. The, Not to shortchange you ladies sorry. now that we've spent 10 minutes the cold, talking about Ashley's boys. <laughs> but they're very important. They're they very, very they're important. loud, unhinged, and hungry. Yeah. Um, but the for the for the women, it's usually like a very cold, badass woman, mm-hmm. like a widowmaker, a bayonetta, yeah. um, a Makoto from Persona Five. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like an, even an aesthetic type too. It is almost like this like dominatrix type woman. Yeah, I wonder if there's kind of like an aspirational quality in that too. I think so. Because I definitely find that in myself as well. Like if she can step on me. Yeah. If she has like leather, like spikes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because then she can protect us. Pretty much same. true. We'll be right back after a brief advertiser segment about Microsoft Azure and the magic of machine learning. We need to increase the world's food production by 70%. How are we going to get this increased food production? That's Ron Chandra, a researcher at Microsoft who has a solution to this dilemma. He's using intelligent data like machine learning and AI to supercharge agriculture. The program is called FarmBeats. What we mean by data-driven agriculture is the ability to map every farm in the world with data. For example, What is the soil moisture level? What's the soil nutrient level? How the plants are doing? What's the pest distribution? That way, farmers can make smarter decisions. So FarmBeats gave farmers drones and sensors and a way to connect their farms in the middle of nowhere to the internet using some of the cloud solutions offered through Microsoft Azure. My name is Sean Stratman, and I have my own small farm called Dancing Crow Farm. We grow tomatillos, cherry tomatoes. Sean has been using farm beads to improve the productivity of his farm. In his case, sensors let him water crops without the guesswork. With this last bit of data that we were analyzing and knowing that I don't need to add additional water, um, we're in a hot, dry part of our season right now and every drop of water counts. Farmers essentially will be able to map what their land is, understand what's going on above the soil and under the soil with the roots and with their crops and take a decision all the way from seeding to harvest based on data. Imagine a world where everyone can achieve more by making the smartest decision possible. Learn more about intelligent data with Azure. Start free at azure.com trial A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Thank you, Microsoft Azure, for sponsoring the Polygon Show and supporting the Vox Media Podcast Network. Let's get back to the show. (laughs) Chelsea. Tell us about your experience with Ocarina of Time on the N64. So I was I was in middle school when Ocarina of Time came out and I became obsessed with it. So at the time, also, you know, this is the time of your life when you have your most feelings. Oh, yeah. And for people who haven't played that Legend of Zelda game, there are, there are a lot of women and young girls, always, like, age-appropriate, but they're always into Link. And you never... <laughs> There's never a single... There are, like, six different women that are like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and But some of them are like, when he's a kid, there's another girl that, like, really likes him. There's two other girls. And they're like... And 
I was just like, man, it's so sad. He like never ends up with anyone. And I was really bummed about it. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, he was, he, he was, he travels through time in that game. He like wakes up as he goes to sleep for seven years and wakes up a 17 year old. So he's still got like kind of a mind of a 10 year old. It's hard. It'd be hard to thrust him into a <gasps> romantic situation. I never thought of it that way. I didn't way. think about that That's until really today. But yeah, think about it. It's like, he can't, he's not ready for a relationship with, princess zelda he's like still 10 oh my god he's still 10 but he has like all these hormones and muscles and he's like what do i do what do i do i have earrings for some reason <gasps> what's going on maybe he matured through dreams mm. so he just had nothing but sex dreams just to catch up <laughs> on his biology until he wakes up but there's like a really there's kind of a sad moment in that game because he so in this Zelda, he's like raised in a village where all these these children of the forest never age. They're always like around 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of them definitely has a lot of feelings for him, Saria, but like she's always 10 and he grows up to become a man. So like their their love can never be. And it was super sad then. What do you think then about stories like that have vampires who don't age? Yeah, but they're not like, 10. No, but they could have been turned when they were 10, but they're really 1,000. So um, interview with the vampire. Oh, this, this really goes very, I'm sorry. This is a separate episode. This, is, also, this, this ranges too far into that weird anime territory where it's like, she looks 15, but she's 10,000. And I'm like, I don't hate that. Not good. Not at all. Um, so I don't know. That, that would be a terrible life, by the way, to look 10 forever. So Link... Wait, he time travels. Well, he's like or put he in. He put in. He's, he's put in stasis because okay. he's not strong enough to defeat Ganon when he's ten. So the like the the sages of time seal him away, and they're like, okay, seven years later, you're ready to defeat Ganon. And you were how old when you played that game? I was. I mean, I wouldn't have been much older than Link. I was like, Aww. I would have been like seventh or eighth grade. Aww. Why? Why do you think you wanted him to like? Oh, because I, I mean, I wanted romance. to kiss all the boys at that time. Oh, so see. probably so like, some this like cute boy. <laughs> this cute boy. Why can he not kiss? Like, why? Where are there like actual relationships forming? I think that was just where I was putting all my energies at the time. Mm. In, I, in beating the game, but also being like, I have a crush on every boy. <laughs> I definitely feel that. So any other eighth graders out there, just know that the reason the boys aren't kissing you is because of they were put in stasis. <laughs> they aged seven years and they're very confused. Oh my god! By all they're adjusting to their new lives and they wait, don't wait, have wait, time whoa, for romance. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't want the what? <laughs> they don't have time. Do does uh, I forgot? Does Link ever kiss Zelda? No, they just actually are frozen to the end of the game in gray, and then it, it flashes what? back to him being ten, and then it, he like runs up to the window again and sees her again, and then that's literally it. So they never have a resolution, which really bothered me. Was was it apparent that he was attracted to her, or was it just like a, I don't you're really important? I got to save you. I think it well, like their destinies were intertwined, and she also she, that was the game where she like disguises herself as a man and helps him out a ton so it was like a, i was like oh they have such a deep connection like she helped him out yeah. all this time yeah wow. and that so hot. it was pretty hot link must have just blue balls Seriously. <laughs> i'm sorry but like where's the payoff no payoff that sucks <laughs> yeah that's been like a thousand years oh my god yeah that was like honestly one of the one one of the coolest characters to see as a 12 year old girl you're like mm -hmm. oh man she actually kicks ass and uses magic and like defends him and stuff like that. And then, but at the same time, it's like there's no emotional payoff. And then, as soon as she reveals herself as a princess, she gets captured in a giant gem. Oh my God. <laughs> Nintendo! 
Why is he cursed? Speaking. I, oh, sorry. Go on. No, that's that's. And also, I was just going to say, nobody looked good when you go back and look at their those character models. You're like, oh no, this is Nintendo yeah. 64. You got to use your imagination. It was there. a lot of because again, you're invested. It's just like reading fanfic, right? You're mm-hmm. like really invested. So it didn't matter how they actually look in the game. Oh no. The like official art though was baller. Yeah. I had yes. a cutout of Link, like older Link, I guess 17 year old Link in my locker yes. <laughs> in sixth grade, which was years and years and years after that game came out. Oh, ouch. Um, sorry. <laughs> years and years. And I think years that game came out when I was five. <laughs> Years and years but, um, and years. So Chelsea by the time is... you played it, you were Link's age. <laughs> oh! uh, I think oh, I no. bought Ocarina of Time when I was like 14, when it was like remastered or something. Oh, okay. yeah. So like oh, it was almost 10 years old at that point. But anyway, I had a picture of him in my locker. Oh, and those good tights. Yeah, he's I, very cute. I just looked up a picture of Link in Ocarina and he looks like a poorly made me. <laughs> he's so cute. I mean, he's... Not uncute. Also, that in the nineties, that kind of like parted in the middle haircut was really yeah. yeah. It was. He had that like was, that cool boy hair. Yeah, cool boy. The that Jonathan Taylor Thomas really haircut. Really cute at the time. That's like up there with my love at fifteen with frosted tips. Man, mm-hmm. I don't like it now, but you know, it's a time and the place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wait. Can we? Yeah. Hold on, Chelsea. Describe your ideal man at age fourteen. Oh my God. He had. Frosted tips. He had one of those necklaces. Was it the puka shell necklace? Yeah. Or, God. <laughs> or the one that was like the the like hematite beads that were all silver. Yes. Yes. I could see Link wearing <sighs> that. I'm you, sorry. You know, possibly like some kind of bright ass shirt. Yeah. Yeah. A skateboarder shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. skateboarder shirts. Loved the baggy pants. Oh my Me God. Too. My high school boyfriend had some jinkos. Yeah. God damn it, Chelsea. The cool wallet chains. Oh my God, I love the wallet chain. Now he has a brownstone and two cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotta have the, the stripes down your jacket. So, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, nice to know that you're fast. Skechers. <laughs> I love the, like, to know that you're fast. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to date Sonic the Hedgehog. Man. Speaking of people who wanted to date Sonic the Hedgehog and like Link are doomed to lovelessness, Allegra, you uh, alone at this table, I believe, do not dig NPCs. You don't get crushes on NPCs. I don't. I I mean, I would say I do like romance games and I like pairing people up. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Fire Emblem, you can pair people up and do supports and have babies and that's fun. But it's not like, oh, I'm going to pair him up with me because I, this is my avatar and he's like the guy I want. And obviously I'll be like, yo, Longku, he's the hottest one. <laughs> like I could put him with me, but strategically I should put him here. Da, da, da. So like I'll come up with relationships for the NPCs themselves. I guess sort of what you were saying. But like I don't really have crushes on the characters. Like I'm never like, oh, yes. Uh, you know, I guess, yeah, like Ryuji, you're so beautiful and cute. Or even Link, I, you know, thought he was really cute, but not in a way where I'm like, having dreams about him or wanting to read fan fiction about them. Or wow, anything. you really... But you said you wanted to out. kiss Sonic on the mouth. <laughs> so... Like, multiple times. <laughs> Thank the you. only exception... <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> the exceptions are... I... <laughs> I hear Ross laughing. Uh, I think, I as a kid, I really did, like, animals a lot. Not in a romantic way, but I really was like 
you know, compelled by anything that had animals. And Sonic was like this very anthropomorphic animal, not in a furry way, I guess, but just like, you know, he's supposed to be a teen cool guy, but he's also a blue hedgehog. So I guess as a kid, I was like, oh, that's so cool. What a cool dude. And I think for most of my life growing up, I was just like, oh, that person's so cool. What are these feelings? I don't know. He's just really cool. And then once I started having actual feelings, I was like, this brings me so much misery and dread. I don't need more of this in my life, even if it's fictional. So, yeah. like, I just, other than, you know, like, celebrities or something, I just didn't really have crushes on fictional characters of any kind. Like, I had huge crushes on, like, Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg, and you can argue that they're <laughs> fictional human beings. But, um... I thought we both had a crush on Ty from Digimon. I did like Ty. Oh, I had a huge crush on Ty. It was weird. Yeah. No, I love... So, like, I love those characters. I'm like, he's so cool. He's so Mm -hmm. cute. He's so hot. But it's just like, I don't know. I very rarely would see myself with them. But I think a lot of it is, one, I'm just feeling very sad today. So when I put those notes down, I was like, I'm going to die alone and I'm miserable. (laughs) But also especially when I was like playing a lot more games, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to die alone and I'm miserable. And every single guy I've ever had a crush on made fun of me and made me extremely sad. So why am I going to Mm -hmm. perpetuate this with fiction? Because all I know about crushes is pain. Important note, don't make fun of people who have crushes on you. Yep. It's mean. It's mean. But then a game like Florence, uh, which you mentioned in these notes, you said that that very much resonated you. And that's, of course, a game about a romance that ends yeah uh so stuff like that like i think romance uh, romance florence when i played that remember it was so visceral of an experience Mm -hmm. and i think it's because like that felt very much like my experience with relationships in that there are those highs that are just like extremely emotional Mm -hmm. even if it's one-sided obviously in florence like you see both sides but we're never inside of chris her boyfriend's head like we're always completely with florence so me relating to florence i'm like oh yes i remember this feeling of like you know this bouncing heart like coming out of your stomach and just wanting to like hug everything and cry like I know that feeling Mm -hmm. but then also when it dissipates and all the puzzle pieces are floating apart like that is exactly what my experience feels like yeah so it's nice that it has that hopeful ending that again we see completely from her perspective like we don't really know what happens to crush he goes to music school whatever I'm sure he has a good ending but it's really 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 empowering to see like a woman who can be single and can come out of a relationship which in my experience always ends terribly and not be miserable yes i think florence of all the games that i've played does the best at capturing those feelings that you were talking about because even in the romances that i've played through in say mass effect for example or that i've seen played through in in dragon age none of them have gotten me quite as viscerally as Florence did. Yeah. And obviously that's because there's a lot of, a lot of other things going on in those yeah. games. Like saving the world is their primary focus. But I feel like the the real nuances of a relationship that intense can really only come through in a game that is entirely devoted to them. Mm. And that a lot of the emotions 
I think that we experience from romance subplots in these other games, a lot of it, I think, comes from internal feelings, like projection onto those characters. Yeah. Because like when I, when I think back on my romance in Mass Effect 2 with Garrus or Shepard's romance with Garrus, there, there are so many like good scenes, but then spliced in between those are all those weird, awkward game moments where you're like going down to see him and he's like, I can't talk to you right now because I'm doing calibrations. And you kind of just erase those from your mind because they're not, canon, yeah. as it were, or they become a joke. But I, I think that those those are things that in a, a romance plot, like the, those scenes wouldn't be there. They don't serve a purpose for that relationship. Like they're kind of extraneous and kind of derailing, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of relationships are gamified because video games yeah yeah but like so let's say harvest moon like a lot of the games i do love have your character trying to build a relationship right so in harvest moon one of the main things you want to do is like get a wife Mm -hmm. or a husband whichever um and that is like okay studying which things they like bringing it to them trying to keep their heart up oh no maybe you brought the wrong thing their heart's gonna go down but there's never really any fear of like a breakup. In Stardew Valley, you can get a divorce, right? But it's never really like built into the narrative in mm-hmm. the same way that Florence is. Like you never really see like a breakup other than like a almost like a fail state of like, oh, you were trying to win this game, this part of the game where you successfully reach the pinnacle of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, or you screw it up entirely and then you have to start from the beginning. But in Florence and I can't really think of many other games like it, but in Florence, it's like you have to have a breakup. That is part of it. That's part of the arc. And that's like a part of a lot of relationships arcs. Mm -hmm. Um, But in most of the games I've played, it's like, okay, if this is the relationship you have, like this is the relationship you have. And Mm -hmm. it's static and like, good, you won that part. And that just... I like it when I'm playing those games because it's like, oh, my character has a cute wife and oh, now they have a cute baby and I have more characters to name and dress. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fun. <laughs> but it's just also like it feels disingenuous in a way that right now in my life, I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to be able to play a game where that's also part of the story. There's yeah. just it doesn't feel like even dating Sims, though, like they're all about giving you the fantasy mm-hmm. of succeeding at love. Mm-hmm. And no game is really about the fantasy of failing at it. Yeah. Like, it literally is like a failure or a success. Unless you romance Solace and Dragon so, Age Inquisition. We need more breakup <laughs> songs that are video games. Well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to say, like, if there were a video game that did feature a breakup, like, that would probably be its main focus. Like, mm. the whole thing would revolve around that. Just because, like, that's such a... I mean, not that we've seen it that much, but I feel like it's a lot more complex to write around and, mm-hmm. like, how do you implement that? How much do you implement that into your game mechanics? Is this just, like, you know, oh, you watch a cutscene and you get broken up with? Or do you have dialogue options where you can affect the conversation you're having about, like, your relationship going downhill? Which would be like a super depressing game, but I also like would be really fascinated to see that because we already have a lot of like dialogue choice games, but it's kind of funny, I guess, pitching a game that's like, how do I break up with this person? I mean, Catherine's (laughs) a little bit like that. Uh oh. I think you're making a really good point because part of, I mean, part of games 
is winning. And I think people would get very upset if there were a breakup that you couldn't completely control in a game. And the only one that I can think of that does happen kind of naturally is between Mass Effect 1 and 2 when Liara goes away, if you romance her. But honestly, her coming back is one of my favorite character arcs because she's a totally different person when you come back and they have that great dynamic of we we Shepard and Liara have both been through so much and they still care about each other a lot but like they're different people now which is so interesting but I feel like like imagine how betrayed I, I think a lot of people um, and I don't agree with any of them uh, <laughs> felt betrayed at the end of Dream Daddy uh, with Joseph's arc because there's I believe not really a happy ending for him, and I think that that in in dating sims, dark endings are pretty normal. Um, but a lot of people coming to dating sims from outside of experience with dating sims were like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can't have the happy ending I was promised?" And I, I think it would. I think that there would be some very real betrayal feelings on the part of the players. Um, in, in many scenarios, if there were a, a breakup in a yeah, game. Like a, I, I think so, though, I don't know. I think the most effective way, at least the way I can see it being expressed, is if, you, if this were less like a dating sim or like a game game and more like, you know how everything is like a pseudo game almost. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like something that focuses on one thing hyper well everything is everything ha 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 ha, ha. great that's a joke um but the i think if you made something like about breakups like i can see that being more of like an existential walking sim right yeah. mm. like in some ways with firewatch there was an element of like you have no control over that about the ending yeah. you you can't that's it. You can't like be you know her. the the, yeah. the game's done and like there's nothing about that and you do have these conversations and I feel like that was kind of a really interesting departure from like a game game where you're just essentially just like yeah you have stuff to do but you're mostly walking around talking to her you're getting to know her and like you also get to know some of her like really bad sides too which is interesting yeah um, and like you know at first it rubs you the wrong way because you're like wow what's your problem as you're playing it but I think like to even include that in a game with like kind of a main character and make that just part of her is very interesting so even if it were like ending sadly like Florence where they include both the good and the bad which I think like it's a great balance um, I don't know how it would necessarily be if it just only focused on the bad yeah. but yeah. at the same time I think that could be an interesting way or like tool to cope with mm -hmm. grief and breakup and loss um, yeah. so that could be a thing breakup simulator coming to a Steam, are you? <laughs> I didn't include this email, uh, but we did get an email for someone who played Dragon Age Inquisition after going through a breakup, Romance mm. Solace, who, of course, dumps your ass. <laughs> oh, he does? Is that inevitable? It's a bit inevitable. I only of remember. His character. I only remember him and my main character. And there was a glitch. It was weird. Mm. I played Uptown Funk over it. <laughs> it wasn't Solace. It was mine. But she was like dancing around him. And I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to be doing these character motions. That's Please great, put though. that on Twitter. Actually, I will. I'll find it. I have uh, another uh, Dragon Age story, actually, of, of sad, a sad breakup. <gasps> Hello, Polygon Show. 
I am the Jess Beast, and I am a cis bisexual woman who is weak for beards and gray wardens. Romance Alistair many, many times. So when Dragon Age Inquisition was announced, I took the romance option on my first playthrough very seriously. When I met Blackwall, the thick with two C's, hunky, bearded, noble, adorable dude that he is, I was done. Blackwell kept being noble and adorable and extremely attractive to me. He invited me for drinks and tried to tell me about this dead dog, which sounds very romantic, Jess. We need to talk. I interrupted, you're brooding. I like brooding. (laughs) Then we slept together. And he left me naked in a barn. (gasps) Whoa. A simple note. And naked in a barn. (laughs) No one leaves me naked in a barn. Blackwell lied about who he was, let me fall in love with him, let himself go to the gallows, and left me naked in a barn. It was so shocking, I had to really examine what I would actually do in this situation. I wanted to forgive him. I wanted to just go back to this bearded, thick, kind man. But he was a liar, and ultimately an asshole to me. I had to back out of the game. I wouldn't let someone do this to me in real life. I wasn't going to stand for someone to do this to me in a game where I was the Inquisitor. I was angry. Naked in a barn. (laughs) Cullen was still available as our romance option. That little heart icon was open in every conversation. It was rebound time. (laughs) Oh my god! His character had undergone a serious revamp from previous games. Screw it. I went for it. Bring on the pretty boy rebound. The Cullen romance was almost the complete opposite of the Blackwall romance. Instead of making out in the stables with literal flies swarming around in the, in the shot, the kisses were atop the battlements. Where all of Blackwall's stories were a mixture of lies and truth, Cullen was a sad puppy of an open book. I felt like Louise Belcher. <laughs> I now have a series of three prints on my wall for my Bioware husbands. Garrus, Alistair, and Cullen. I didn't mean to have feelings for this pretty boy jerk face. It was the perfect storm. Oh my god. Aww. You actually roman you fell in love with your rebound. That like never happens. Yeah. In IRL ended game. <laughs> Good. So I guess that's an example of a, a re- like a feeling of betrayal. But I feel like in that situation the betrayal of the character was done really well because mm. it comes from within. Is he yeah. supposed to leave you naked in a barn? I guess. Is it? I is that like the black wall? Is that, I guess that's like the only thi- like option that will happen if you romance him. I should know black this. Black wall romance. Scene. Oh my god! I can't believe there naked are flies barn. in a sh- naked in a barn. <laughs> I'm picturing like a bathtub witcher scene for some reason. Oof, that would be probably better. Wait, so in that scene, I know it's like slightly off topic, but that bathtub. He does leave he, them naked in a barn. Wow. Does, is anyone ever with him in the bath? Or Why is there that shot of him in the bath He's like just that? soaking hmm. it up. His girlfriend is there. Yeah. She's, oh, she's she is? She's at the desk, like, writing. And then yeah, I, I he's think... in the, the bathtub in the middle of the room with all these candles. <laughs> so he's in the bathtub alone, though. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wait, but she's in the same room but is writing at a desk? She's like, screw you, I'm not getting Yeah, this is those old-style bathtubs that you have in the middle of a fucking room for no reason. <laughs> I think they do bone down after that, though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, okay, he gets out of the bath, and then he, like... Bone Town. Bone Town. Bone Town. I kind of feel like you should bone town, bone down, and then take a bath. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you do it the other direction? But sometimes your skin's like in a nice condition after you get out of a bath. 
Just like so put you, some cream and, on and it. also put some cream on it. You can just get back in the bath because it's in the middle of the yeah, room. It's true. still there. It's still hot. Yeah. Just still don't hot. drain your bathtub ever. I know. Yeah. There's no way to drain that. You just have to empty out a huge barrel of hot water. Oh yeah. That's gross. Nasty. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I got distracted watching this scene from The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do Do you think we have time for one more story? No idea. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows. Yes, we All do. Right. We don't have the clock. This is from Kate. Actually, we have two more stories. Hi, Polygon Show. I'm a huge fan. This show has helped me get back into gaming in a major way. Last year, I introduced a friend of mine to Overwatch, and we've been playing together pretty often ever since. Fast forward a year, we pretty obviously had feelings for each other, but I chose to try and ignore it until one day she asked me while we were playing what the deal was and clearly expressed a romantic interest in me. That's rare and beautiful. After spending a couple days in a gay panic, I asked her out mid-Overwatch match the next time we played together. I don't think I played very well that game, but it was totally worth it. We're long distance, and playing Overwatch together helps us feel more connected and present in each other's lives, which I think is likely true of gamers in long-distance relationships everywhere. Love to you all. Kate. Kate, that's amazing that you could... That that even happened because I can't concentrate on anything but Overwatch. You know, what if someone like, like if someone over a voice chat while I was trying to like capture the point was like, "Oh, Ashley, like, what are you doing this weekend?" I'd be like, "Shut up! Just get on the fucking point first, and then I'll tell you." Get on the point first. I imagine this is like just in the middle of like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" Okay, do you want to be my girlfriend? Fuck! <laughs> Will you get on the point of my heart. <laughs> Push the payload right into my heart hole. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's one so, place for it. That's so cute. I want to know if they were like playing characters that work well together. Like, what was it a, a pharmacy combo happening Ooh. there? Because that's very romantic. If you can help each other, or was like Kate playing fucking Genji? And running away from the team. <laughs> oh, or maybe one of them got play of the game and one of them was like, congratulations, you got play of the game. You you won. It's like, oh, well, play of, oh, God, heart, heart, heart Were there game. sprays involved? Oh, God. Oh, teabagging. <laughs> and crouching standing. Yeah, maybe the, yeah, there's stand. there's more cr- crouching and standing is still a big thing now in in modern video games in 2018. So maybe when they were teabagging their dead body, they're like, "You want to do this in real life? You want to take it <laughs> no! offline?" And then she was like, "Yeah." And then she was like, "Yeah." And then they're together. This is so romantic. This is so romantic. Kate, I think you understand romance more than any of us, and I think that you know that now. <laughs> Your story's very cute, and I super-duper appreciate it, and oh, I wish you both wait. much happiness. You... I wonder. Oh no! Wait, and I'd playing fun. and playing games long distance with your oh significant God. other is the best. Yeah, that's yes, so nice. for real. I mean, long distance—it's so important to find stuff to do together mm-hmm. because otherwise, you just end up in that scenario where you're like telling the other person about whatever you're doing, and they're trying to tell you about whatever they're doing, and it's it's just. I, I think it can just easily lead to feelings of like, well, you're doing so much fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the other person has to compensate and do fun stuff. And then eventually what? you're doing fun stuff separately and Whoa. not together. Mm-hmm. What? But you sh- <laughs> Sorry, mean, you speaking do- from experience. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so there's so much fun stuff. Which fun is why around. video games are important. 
she didn't play video games. That's what I'm saying. I mm. did think at first that Kate meant uh, someone she met while playing Overwatch. I realize now that this was a friend. But could you mm-hmm. Im- I, I cannot get over the image in my head because this is a real username I saw the other day of like if, what if you were on voice chat and you fell in love and then you're like oh my god like I met this awesome person the other day it's like yeah move I'm gay 420 is so great <laughs> <laughs> we've we've won so many games together I don't even move I'm gay 420 is online I love oh my them god. I wish I could play with move I'm gay 420 yeah that's a really move good I'm gay 420 was really good I mean, I guess everyone moved. <laughs> they moved right off the point. Because they were gay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, uh, for your emails. Even if we didn't read them on the show, we did read them, and they were some very enjoyable ones out there. Um, you all see, you're all really cool people. So this has been another episode of the Polygon Show. Ashley, do we have a topic for next week that we're going to talk about? Yes, it's vacation. <gasps> Vacation. Oh. So if there are any uh, vacation spots in games you like, vacation segments in games you liked, or games you played on vacation, going to vacation, the beach. Mm-hmm. Not the beach. Not the beach. Yes, the beach. Not Sometimes the beach. The sun's there. Sometimes you can. Yeah, you yeah, can't well, actually you play don't games need on the, the beach. Sun. It's because the Switch doesn't have a screen that's good for for gaming in the daylight which is a real oversight considering that it is a portable console. So if you like the show um, and you want to participate in the vacation episode, please email polygonshow at polygon.com, accepting all stories. I'll put them in my vacation sub-label. And if you want to give the show a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher is your preference. And, of course, we super appreciate it when you do that. Uh, and if you, <laughs> Kate, <laughs> I feel like I have to apologize to you for what we did to your beautiful story. <laughs> there, yours was so beautiful and pure. There was no way that garbage people like us could handle it. Um, thank you for that. Uh, anyway, so we will be back next week with a show about vacations, as Ashley said. And uh, thanks for listening. This has been The Polygon Show. This episode of The Polygon Show was brought to you by Microsoft Azure. Keeping up with your competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation? Uh, That is impressive. Set yourself up to achieve more by running your apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end development and management tools. Fearlessly integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Build the next generation of smart apps. Discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data. And scale it across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Microsoft believes that every business and every organization, small and large, old and new, something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premises data center. 
that is why Azure is the cloud for all. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Start experimenting and find out. Get started with a free account and 12 months of intelligent services at azure.com slash trial. That is again, A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Thank you so much, Microsoft Azure, for sponsoring this episode of The Polygon Show. Hi, this is Todd Vanderwerf, the host of Vox.com's pop culture podcast, I Think You're Interesting. I'm the I, and I think you're interesting. And every week, I talk to fascinating people from the world of TV, movies, and entertainment. Have you ever wondered what it's like to write a joke for the president? Number one topic we would not joke about was national security. One of the things about writing jokes for a president is if you have the joke, and then and it's totally in good taste, but then a week later something happens. There's a tragedy, there's a shooting, there's a, a terrorist attack. The joke can become retroactively in bad taste. We didn't want anything to end up in a campaign ad. Or what goes into creating the costumes for a blockbuster movie like Black Panther. We brought in the uh, head cutter from the Boston Ballet into Atlanta to give us a new suit for the stunt guys that's cut with these special gusset shapes yeah. so that they could perform, you know, like the ballet. You can find so much more information about the show at vox.com slash I think you're interesting hyphens between the I, the think, the year and the interesting. And you can catch new episodes of I Think You're Interesting every Thursday by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.